There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Pat Green and the Josh Abbott Band bring Red Dirt Country to the 930 Club tomorrow night in Washington, D.C. I spoke to Green when he played the 930 Club with Josh Abbott and Randy Rogers back in 2020. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me on the air. I really appreciate it. Yeah, glad to be getting up to D.C. So, I'm telling you, my wife and I are so excited for this. We, you know, we got engaged down in Texas, and Red Dirt Country is sort of our whole, <laughs> the whole thing's built. Oh around. wow, we we're we're obsessed with it. So explain how this thing together. It's called the Texas Independence Day Show. Uh, I know, uh, I guess Independence Day is coming up on like March second, but how did how did you guys put that together? Is that sort of a tour you guys are doing, or is this a one-off thing, or what's the deal with it? I've got to be really honest. I have no idea how that all came together. I know that we always play in New York during the same time of year, uh, and, you know, yes, I am a Texan, but, uh, man, you don't have to give me a reason to come up to the Northeast. I just love it up there, and, uh, man, it coincides with, uh, with the, celebrate, the celebratory day that we have uh, for the great state, so, um, and, then, and there's a lot of displaced Texans up there, so happy to, uh, happy to come and entertain them. <laughs> so, but is it part of like a you know a northeast like a tour surrounding the Independence Day, or is it? It's not a one-off of the night, is it? Well, no, they've been doing it. That that's the Texas Independence Day show for twelve years now, up in New York. So I have a feeling that they're piggybacking on this one a little bit. And I, you know, I don't even know exactly what day it is. It falls on this year. So, have you played nine thirty before? Oh, I've played nine thirty for the last I don't know, probably twenty years. Yeah, I've been coming up. Uh, I love it up there and. Uh, you know, playing the Birchmere, we used to play, uh, you know, pretty much any venue that they, that we could get our hands on. One time I played at the at the FedEx field with Kenny Chesney on a big show. Um, so, yeah, man, you know, that was, gosh, that was 13 years ago. So, yeah. That's awesome. Now, um, I wonder, before we dive further into your career, you're the man of the hour here on the phone, <laughs> but uh, on your uh co-headliners here so you got you know it's you playing and then um uh what makes uh randy rogers and, and josh band so special man I, I you know it's like old paul simon said i don't know when i was in high school said every generation sends a hero up the pop chart but yeah when i was uh in probably 2002 2003 i was i was pretty close to the top of the country music charts and and then it was randy's turn and then it was josh's turn and so now i'm just the vet <laughs> I got the gray in my beard to prove it too, you know. See, but you were you were the you know you were the cool rising star that we were all you know digging on, and now so it's got to be weird to be be the vet and uh, you you show those guys the ropes, uh, you know, when they're backstage and stuff. You know, I I really all I have is, is I can juggle, but as far as anything else, I mean, I think they've already <laughs> they've already landed their uh, 
their proverbial uh, rocket ships too. So I, you know, they they know what they're doing and they're wonderful yeah. at it. Yeah, and of our, you know, of our listeners, um, you know, they might have heard of Pat Green for sure because you've been established for a while. But if you haven't, if you haven't heard, you know, that Josh Abbott or Randy Rogers, I mean, look up, you know, like Kiss Me in the Dark. I mean, he's got some, some good oh, ones. Yeah. That I think, yeah, I think hear. veteran means old and fat with a gray beard. That's really all I can get out of that. <laughs> I love it. All right, hey, I, I want to know how you got started in this whole bracket. So take take me back. You know, you were born in Texas, so sure. you know, fitting here for this tour, but. Um, how did you, you know, how did you get into country music, you know, as a kid? What, you know, was it playing around the house or, you know, how, how did you get bit by that bug? Well, I really wasn't into country music when I was, uh, until I got to college. Um, and that's actually the same time I started playing guitar. And that's when a friend, a girlfriend of mine introduced me to Robert Earl Keane and Jerry Jeff Walker. And uh, she was real big in the Austin scene, you know, in that kind of music, kind of almost Americana. But um, at any rate, that's just when I started playing. That's the, those were the songs I was learning because I was so excited by the, just the new kind of music. I was really into like the Doors and Bowie and uh, you know Springsteen when I was a kid, and so you know that was it was brand new to me, and I got very excited. And when I started writing was a year later, I was still really into exploring that scene myself, and uh, it just came naturally, I guess. Gotcha, gotcha, I see. Um, and so what, before you started, you know, diving into music full-time, like you said, I guess more around college age, but what was, uh, you know, what was the what was Pat Green's previous life? Did, did, did it, you were like a, uh, you worked in like the fuel business, is that right? Uh, I did for a little while. I got out of college and, you know, wasn't able to make it on my own yet. And, uh, and I, I tried being a bartender and a waiter for a while. That was really not at all my my bag of tricks. I just, I mean, I love serving people, but I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't like living in an apartment. And so, <laughs> I went, and so I went and got a job working for my stepdad in his oil business. Um, we were, what well, we were was we sold gas to gas stations, basically a gasoline wholesaler, and um, so that worked out for about a year, and then. During that year, I started my band started really getting some some pretty good traction, and I wrote a few more songs, and I put out another record, and that record really uh, sunk its teeth into into the radio station, the big ones around Texas and Houston and Dallas, Austin and San Antonio, and the next thing I knew, I was showing up late to, on Mondays uh, for work because I was too tired from the weekend, and I was leaving on Thursday and not showing up at all on Friday, and my dad had enough, and so. Yeah, I had to move on, and you know, then then there there my there started my uh, life in music for sure. Nice. Now that album you're talking about was that was that one of the you know the the Lloyd Maines productions that you did back then? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Carry on was the first one that really that really went big, and then that was actually the first single off of the Three Days album, and then Three Days came out, and that got some Grammy nominations. And then, uh, and then right after that was Wave on Wave, and then right after that it just kept going and going. And I think we got I don't know 15 or 16 songs that got inside the top 40. So you know I, I feel like that's enough to. Well, I'm still I'm still singing on the backs of those songs. They're kind of I don't I don't know I'm not Duran Duran, but I'm still having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
So explain how sort of the Texas groundswell, you know, how that's such a part of you, how sort of that whole Texas vibe is compared, you know, maybe some of the other, you know. Yeah, I feel like it was a, a, a very grassroots thing, a very natural thing. I think there was so much going on in uh, mainstream country music in the in the 90s uh, with Garth Brooks and the Reba McIntyres, and it was really it was really polished and slick, and, you know, it was... You know, it just was, I don't know, it was just not really, not really my, my kind of country music because I was really, you know, like I said, Jerry Jeff Walker, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, et cetera, which is, I'm not going to say basic, but it's, it's, but it's just more acoustic driven. It's more earthy. Um, and I feel like that at the end of the nineties, once Garth Brooks was kind of had his peak, um, people just kind of naturally, just like they do all the time, they, they just kind of naturally shift away from something that's really big into something that's more down to earth. Kind of like if you listen to some of the, the 80s rock with Howard Jones and uh, uh, like Duran Duran, da 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 da, and you see that, you know, everybody went grunge and it was, and it was Nirvana and, uh, you know, the, the great grunge bands that came out during that time, widespread, et cetera, that really kind of, you know, changed rock and roll back to a different kind of norm. And um, but the same thing was happening in, in, in real in country music. And I was just standing there. I was kind of like the next guy to, to come across the to, to come across the board, you know. And, you know, it was the Dixie Chicks who were really um, they had a really kind of earthy acoustic tone. Uh, they were, you know, they were singing not quite so polished stuff. And uh, what I can't remember what it was it by Earl or Earl, <laughs> Earl's dead good, or whatever that was. Earl, yeah. yeah, good by yeah. Earl. And I was kind of in that in that with that group too, and I had you know three days and wave on wave that were really you know you know I wasn't singing about um, the rodeo 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 rodeo. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. You mentioned Willie Nelson in there. How I know, and I know, like sort of helped bring you you know more exposure down there. How uh, how did you catch Willie's eye? Well, it was a bribe, actually. Um, Pootie Lock, God rest his soul, was Willie Nelson's uh, stage manager. For 30 years, and um, I was friends with him because, you know, I was kind of, I was really a, a Willie groupie, you know, I was always hanging around backstage to try to stay high, and Pootie was always nice to me, and um, anyway, I bribed Pootie with two free shows at his bar, which is down in Austin, where we were living at the time, I said, I'll play your show, your, your bar for free for two nights if you get me an opening slot with Willie on his 4th of July picnic, and he did it. And um, and that's where the, that was the first time he ever laid eyes on me, and then we started doing shows, more and more shows together. And um, you know, I don't think I I wouldn't say we ever went on like a full year long tour, just because Willie's never off tour; he's, he's always on the road. And but we did an awful lot of shows with him, and um, so I'm really excited. I haven't played with him in, in over a year, uh, but we're we've got two shows with him down here in New Braunfels at the uh, Whitewater Amphitheater. Um, coming up in in April, so yeah, it's um, it's going to be good to get back with him. <laughs> you mentioned New Brunswick. That's that's where the that's where the uh, engagement happened. It's very random, man. That you mentioned that, I love it. <laughs> um, the so, beautiful town. Yeah, man. Uh, half about halfway between Austin and San Antonio, man. Everybody, check it out. I'm Bradley Trainer, and I'm Don McLean. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like this: A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house 
to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Hey, how'd you tell, tell me about writing Three Days with Radney Foster. I was coming home. Uh, I, I think I was up in Cleveland doing a show back in when we were still riding around in a van and um I'd been driving and driving and driving and driving I was really tired and we you know one of the towns that between there and home was in Nashville and um that's where Radney was living at the time and uh you know he's a Del Rio guy and I knew he was a Texas guy but I I I didn't really know him but I knew some guys that knew him and so I just called him and I said hey Radney hey can can I stop by and maybe write a song with you on my way through Nashville and uh, I walked in the door and he goes, man, you look really tired. And I go, I am, I'm exhausted. And so I, he you know, put, sent me down to his little studio in the basement and he said, go sleep on that couch for a minute. When you wake up, we'll write something. And um, I woke up and he'd put a guitar right by the couch so that I'd see it first thing. And I had this melody in my mind uh, and I just started playing it and he heard it and he came down and he says, that's what we're writing. And he goes, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm headed home for three days. And he goes, there it is. You know, it's, it was that natural, you know. I love it. Isn't that, isn't that the truth? That's how, like, the best songs come about, Stuff, just little random things like that. Um, talk about, uh, we got, you, you know, my listeners will kill me if we don't go a little bit into Wave on Wave. How did the inspiration behind that, um, how did you, you know, put pen to paper on that one? That was a four o'clock in the morning song. I really don't. There was some chemicals involved in getting that one going for sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was up in the back of, of my bus, and I just heard that that the chorus came out first, and that was weird. I usually am a verse. Right, I write the verses first to see what the story is. But um, that one, the chorus came out, and it was four o'clock in the morning. And I walked up to the front of the bus, and I said, "Look, I just wrote a great chorus. Whoever wants to sit up and." write this with me it's going to be a number one and and it's the only time i've ever been right about that but um anyway uh justin my drummer and my keyboard player david at the time uh were just sitting there and they're like come on let's do it and you know a few glasses more <laughs> it was over it was, it was that was a quick one i remember that one being done in about oh less than an hour I love it that's it i mean it i mean it, it, it's probably i mean it's the one everybody knows you from Obviously, it made you the household name, so it's, it's. I'm sure you know, grateful for that. Dave, did you know? I didn't bought my here? house, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, household name. It got you. Um, did you know uh, that, that even up? I mean, you're coming up to DC. They they still play. They play that song every game. Like I can't remember if it's like after the fourth inning or something like that, where everyone takes their hats off and waves them around. Were you aware of that? Yeah, I saw it during the uh, during the World Series, and I was obviously, you know, that makes me smile a great deal. And um, uh, you know, there's a couple of places around the country where I think they wave to the veterans there at, um, for, at the Nationals games, and then like in um, in Iowa at Kinnick Stadium for the Hawkeyes, they, there's a there's a children's hospital adjacent to the stadium, and the kids come out to the window, and the entire crowd waves at the kids and the in the hospital um uh, yeah there's a, you know i think it happens at, uh, for the texas rangers as well um down in austin i mean down in uh, in arlington but um yeah I, that that's a really proud thing for me i mean i you know i 
I, I'm glad that it's not thing. It's not like I came up with some great idea and said, "Hey, you guys got to do this." I mean, they did it on their own. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, it makes me smile for sure. That's great, and I'm glad you were able to see it. Um, you know, the Nats do it on the World Series against those Astros. Those cheating. Yeah, we beat them cheating. anyway. <laughs> cheating bastards. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a, you're a Rangers fan, right? Don't they play? I like Texas. I am. Yeah, song. yeah. That's every time we have a home win, they play one of my songs. And um, you know, I I hate that. You know, I hate that bad ideas like the the the, the cheating scandal. I hate that some that people. I don't know what people go through where they go. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like the guy that gets caught robbing TVs. You know, listen, I don't have enough money for this TV, so I'm just gonna take it. And then they get, right, you right. know, you get to go to jail for a TV. I mean, I just, I don't get it. You know, it's like, yeah, it's well, not my style. Well, but... you know, the next one anyway. So, well, it ends well in that one. But man, I can only imagine the firestorm in the town. And you know, we lost by like a run or something, and then that came out. That that would just been an S storm. So I'm glad, I'm glad that we came out on top anyway. Well, um, me too. Right. And but they're getting their just rewards, and that you know, it, and it will pass. It will. It will come and go, and it's just like anything else in this world, man. You know, you learn your lessons, and then you move on. Exactly. Uh, all right, cool. Well, before we cut you loose, you've been really generous with your time. Uh, just real quick, you mentioned you know, another DC tie, you know, when you played FedEx Field with, with Kenny. Memories of that real fast. Because I know you, I mean, you've toured with Dave Matthews and Keith Urban and Gretchen Wilson and, you know, some of the biggest, biggest names out there. But, uh, you know, what's it like, you know, when you're playing yeah. big sold-out concerts like FedEx with Kenny? Oh, uh, that was a wonderful time. We were so young, and, and I had a flat belly, and, blonde hair and um you know it was man those were wonderful times um the catering was really good catering was never i've never had as good a catering as i did on kenny chesney's tour but um <laughs> but I, yeah and it's nervous it's it's totally nerve-wracking to, to stand up and sing for sixty thousand people i will say that um uh but you know those were those were great you know the, the stadium shows back then we did one in seattle we did it cleveland we did um uh Boston uh, at the at the Gillette, you know all the you know big football stadiums, but um, on those shows it was like a cavalcade, man. It was Brooks and Dunn and Keith Urban and us and and and, um, but so in the arenas it was just me and Kenny. But um, but yeah, the, I yeah nerve wracking. That's the only thing I can say. You know, standing singing for that many people for an hour is yeah, it's, that's tough to do. Yeah, well, well uh, hopefully it won't be as tough uh, at nine thirty club. Uh, no, I'm used to that place. I've been there forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, why should our listeners come on out just as as we hop off here? Well, I tell you what, come on out next year because it's already sold out. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that says enough, doesn't it? I mean, if we're selling it out, it must be a good show. Yeah. All right. Well, we're excited to see it, man. All right, everybody. Pat Green, uh, Thursday at 9:30 club. Hey, thanks. Yeah, you were great, man. Hey, thanks so much. And I get again, thanks for having me on the air. Of course. Thanks, Jason. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.